0: Welcome, dance lovers, to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ask a Dancer, the podcast inspiring the next generation of performing artists. My name is Stacey Morgan, and I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you this series of interviews live from the Victorian Dance Festival. With thanks to Kate Mead and her fabulous team, the Victorian Dance Festival runs every year, as you guessed, in Victoria, in Australia. And I had actually never been present at the festival before, and so this was my first time. Kate asked me to come on down as a media partner um, with Ask a Dancer and in my role as a studio owner to become part of the festival, to see what it was all about, to get the vibe, and I can tell you I have never been so impressed. Not only did I have a great weekend in being able to interview inspiring teachers and choreographers and people I've looked up to my entire life. But I had this incredible weekend surrounded by dance, the dance community. And the Victorian Dance Festival is all about community, not competition. I had the most wonderful time and I cannot uh, give the Victorian Dance Festival a big enough shout out and a big enough thank you because um, it just was an incredibly inspiring weekend. So for the next little while you're going to be hearing interviews that are live from the Victorian Dance Festival. And the great thing about the festival is that it's not just the people that are up on stage that are that make up this incredible dance community. You never know who's going to walk through the door. And that was the case with our first um, interviewee. Adam Parson is a, a choreographer and teacher who bounces between countries all around the world. And he just so happened to be in Melbourne when the festival was on and came on down. I saw him come through the front door and pulled him aside and said, have you got five minutes later on, I'm going to take you into the media room and interview you. And he was such a great sport about it. The only thing is, and it was my biggest boo-boo for the uh, the whole festival, and I thought I'd start off with it straight up, was that I called him Adam Parsons, when in fact his name is Adam Parson. And it turns out I've been calling him Adam Parsons pretty much his whole life. I've taken class with him before and so have my students. And so... I apologise for that boober that you'll hear straight up for this first interview. Um, most of our interviews took place in the media room, and that was kind of a green room for not only me as a media partner, but also Dance Informer and other agencies that were using it as part of their media roles. It was also a green room for teachers who had yet to be on stage to conduct their classes. So there's a little bit of chatter and a bit of noise that you will hear throughout some of the interviews, depending on what time of the day the interview was taking taking place. You'll hear noise in the background with Adam's interview because Catherine McCormick and Tate McRae were warming up and they were about to go on stage and Catherine was teaching a class that Tate was assisting in. And Adam hadn't seen Catherine in... Um, what seemed like months or years because when they saw each other when we burst through the door, um, they were all very excited. So there was great energy amongst the festival and um, it was so great to be able to have the experience of meeting and working with these incredible choreographers and teachers. So I hope you enjoy our Victorian Dance Festival special here on Ask a Dancer and we'll kick it straight off with our very first interview with Adam Parson. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hello and welcome to Ask a Dancer, the podcast for inspiring the next generation of performing artists. My name is Stacey Morgan, I'm the Principal of Port Macquarie Performing Arts, and joining me is the fabulous Adam Parsons. How are you doing? Yeah, how are you? I'm very well. I'm at the Victorian Dance Festival, and you may be able to hear... Background noise because there's, we're in a green room at the moment. Yes, with people waiting to go on and teach their classes. But I have watched you for years, and I've been lucky enough to take class with you as well. Um, and I had no idea that you'd be here at the Victorian Dance Festival. <laughs> what I love about this festival is that that sense of community. You never know who you're going to see. You never know who you're going to get to take class with. And there's no competition. Everyone's just here for the community. It's fabulous. So, um, Ask A Dancer is all about oh, yeah. inspiring the next generation. Oh, yeah. Tell us, how did dance come into your life and and who really inspired you in those early years? Okay, well, dance came into my life very really late. I started dancing at 26. Wow, and, uh, I, I was, did not know that.
0: Yeah, I, I was a computer analyst and a systems engineer at a computing firm in Washington, okay. DC.
1: Wow.
0: Randomly, my sister asked me to take her best friend to dance class Walked into the studio when I heard all the noise, the thumping, the girls jumping, the guys lifting. And I was, That's it. And it just, uh, it just took hold in my heart, and I like shifted careers since then. And um, it just, it keeps me young, keeps me healthy, keeps me, happy, keeps, me it keeps me happy. It keeps me traveling around the world. I'm very, very fortunate to travel around the world. I've just been to Japan for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Wow. Um, and in Hong Kong, and then I was in Perth, and then I was in London before that. So, I mean, for me as a career, dance has been really great. Um, but the person that inspired me to do that was my, my, one of my mentors, Billy Goodson, who actually is a choreographer for the Moulin Rouge, one of the original Moulin Rouges. And um, he does the same thing that I do, um, traveling around the world, inspiring kids, just teaching and choreographing, and I just love it.
1: that's so awesome when you talk about home, where did you grow up? well I was born in
0: Kenya and then I left Kenya when I was 14 and moved to the east coast Um, we were in Maryland first, and then we were in Virginia and Virginia is where uh, my teacher's uh, studio was Terry's School of Dance and Gymnastics
1: fabulous (laughs) and so from tell us about that touring life and that that world that you live in now where you get to go and teach and inspire what's your favourite thing about that?
0: Well, um, I think um, one of the one of the greatest things about touring is, for me, I love food. Um, and before, honestly, before I was going to be a dancer, I was going to be a pastry chef in Vienna. Ah. I was going to be a pastry chef. So traveling around, being able to experience all the food and the cultures, it's it's one aspect. Um, I think one of the greatest aspects about traveling for me is. Learning that people are a different way, but it's the right way yeah. um, in, for them, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting to see people driving on the left side, and I've done this before, people driving on the right side, people driving on the left side, and it just is what it is. And um, you just learn more about yourself as a human being, you know, how to how to be a more complete human being. I feel like we're all different tribes. We used to be one tribe, and now we're all separated to different tribes, and we have these all different mannerisms that we all need, and we don't know them unless you travel and learn about them. Yes. So it's really been great. And just to talk about that really quick, for instance, as a teacher, when I go to teach, in uh, Mexico, for instance, I will ask the dancers for a certain arm position, and it will be nowhere like it. But they're so passionate about getting there. Yeah. I'm like, Whoa. Okay, that's the passion side. If I go to Switzerland and I ask for that same arm position, it will be there, but will be there with a with such a precision that that's what their focus is is about the precision. If I teach in Japan there's such a focus about getting it right that they're just, the detail is amazing, the the amount of detail that they put on it. So everybody around the world just, they just give you a different sense of who you are as a human being just by watching them move or watching them eat or watching them drive or watching them dance or just watching how a mom holds her hand um, from this way where another mother holds her hand that way with her child. It's really
1: cool. Yeah. yeah. And I love that dance is a universe, universal language, that you can travel to different countries and learn yeah. so much about other people, but yeah. also walk into a studio anywhere in the world yeah. and a plie is a plie. And yeah. a plie is a
0: plie. Our language is the same no matter where you go. And, you know, I, I you have to attribute... And give thanks to Ballet for that because it really did unify us as a community just by having that singular format that we all needed to learn. Yes. So, we all know a plie is a plie and a turnout is a turnout. And a, it doesn't matter what country I'm in. If I say turnout, everybody knows what it means. Yes. If I say demi plie, everybody knows what it means. So, it's kind of cool to do that. Even when I'm doing my warm up and I'm maybe just moving my arms and swinging, because you know that feeling that motion it's easy for dancers to follow we don't really need to speak yeah it's such a it's it's a great experience
1: so for young dancers who are listening who you know they would like a career in dance and they'd like to be able to travel the world and share that experience but are perhaps a little bit hesitant to leave their own backyard and to leave what they know and to go and do something so daunting what advice do you have for those dancers that are looking to step out of where they are
0: well, um, I can't speak for myself because when I was when I won a scholarship from Virginia to go to LA, I got the heck out of there. So for me, it was like I'm out, I'm gone, yeah. um, and. It's always been for me a sense of an adventure and a sense of my whole family is like that. When I told my mom I was leaving, she was like, say light send a coast guard. You know, she knew that I was going to be fine. Um, so for me, it was a lot easier to communicate and just take off. I think for other kids, you know, you, the thing that you want to ask yourself is do I want to stay home and, and be comfortable and live in, in my city? or do I want to go out and experience the world? Mm-hmm. Both of them are correct. Neither one is wrong, either or. So what I try to tell the kids is just because you're leaving doesn't mean you can't come back mm-hmm. if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So you can always go and experience it go take it as a mini vacation and go and see what it's like and you know I've had a lot of kids come from other countries and other states in the United States, come to the States, do the scholarship program and just realize, "Mm, it's not for me. I'm going to go back home and I'm going to dance there. And it's totally fine. Yeah. I think we get... Um, I think people get the sense of if I leave and I go somewhere and I don't quote, I'm making quote fingers make it then I'm wrong and that's not it no. your human experience is your human experience Absolutely and right. so when you get out there and you see, hey I like it, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to give it a shot, great if you're like, hey you know what, I miss my family I'm going to go home and be with my family that's just that's as okay equally too. valid, they're both valid
1: that's information I wish that I had when I was younger because coming from a small town uh, Port Macquarie I found that uh, that it, once you left and once you went off, there was this expe- expectation that you weren't coming back right. because you were going to make it in the big wide world, and and that was that. Right. And I I feel exactly the same way as you do. Going back can be going forward in a way. A hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: And and I'm not going to sit there and say that I didn't have those feelings myself, because of course you have those feelings of I've got to go out there and make it, and if I come back, it's considered a failure. But that's not true. Yeah. You know the longer that I'm out in L.A. or in New York and I just look at stuff, I realize I don't have to be here. I can go back home. I can come to Australia. I can come, you know, go back to Virginia to see my family. I don't have to. Life is so fleeting. Yeah. And, you know, the more that you base your opinions and your thoughts and your feelings on what other people are going to think about you, you're living their life. And yeah. there's no point. And the people who... Look, and let's to be honest. You may leave... And go out there and do things and it didn't work out and you may come back and there may be people that be there may be people that go oh you didn't make it but then there's gonna be people that go we love you come on back mm-hmm. and those are the people you need to focus on
1: and they're the people you need to surround
0: yourself and with and those are the people you need to surround yourself with because then your life is going to become more full that's beautiful know?
1: advice yeah absolutely so tell us what are you doing in Australia except for enjoying the Victorian dance festival um
0: well I am um, You know, I am a part of the faculty of Global Dance, Mm -hmm. and Global Dance didn't come to um, Australia this year, so I said, you know what, I'm gonna come to Australia, and I'm gonna say hello, I'm gonna let people know, you know, I'm here, and tour around, and and just see Mm -hmm. Australia. So I've started in Perth, and um, I made it to Canberra, I'm going to Adelaide, I'm going to the Gold Coast, and I'm gonna go to Sydney.
1: Oh, that's so great. Yeah,
0: it's been fun, and I've been teaching and choreographing along the way, and it's been really great, so, just enjoying Australia like I always do. I love it here. And I actually started a drone company, and so I've been acquiring footage for my drone company as well. Okay. Side note, kids, you (laughs) should always have a side hustle, because you never
1: know when you're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's an interesting topic on on its own, because you know, some people will say if you have a fallback, you'll fall back, yeah. but other people say it's important to have a couple of different balls in the air and yeah. to be juggling both at the same time. Yeah. Where do you, you obviously stand on the on the juggle things I, well, side listen, of things. Listen,
0: we're artists, and as, a, and as artists, we go where the job is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we do have to hustle. Um, I've been very fortunate in my career that as a dancer, I worked with some pretty prominent people, which is great. I realized it's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a dancer dancer. I I wanted to be a choreographer and I wanted to be a teacher. So I knew as a choreographer and a teacher, I had to make my craft really strong. So I trained and studied and trained and studied. When I started teaching at the Edge Performing Arts Center in Los Angeles, California, um, I started to meet all of these people and just made all these connections where all of my dancers of my age were saying, oh, you're a teacher, you're a teacher, you shouldn't be teaching, you should be dancing. I'm like, well, I like to teach. Yeah. And I started meeting people from Australia, started meeting people from Italy, started meeting people from Mexico, all these people. And this is what I try to tell people, you have to make your you have to have a strong base and, and make have have little uh, career building moments in your mind all the time because you never know when you're gonna use them. I have had some relationships with people for over 20 years now, and I travel to these countries every year. So I have set up a, a, a system of income for myself yeah. that I don't have to really worry like the other dancers are now because they're not dancing. Yeah. Um, do I have to hustle? Sure, everybody has to hustle. I'm a dancer, and I'm a dancer by heart, so we have to hustle. I have to ask people if they're interested in work, if they'd like some choreography, blah, blah, blah. Some people don't know who I am, so you have to go and introduce yourself. That's part of hustling. It's part of what you have to do. Um, I The side job for me is because I love doing other things. And mm. you know, before my dad passed away, he said to me, he said, what do you do for fun? I said, I dance. I said, no, he said, dance is your job. What do you do for fun? I said, well, dance is fun for me. He goes, okay, but you've got to have certain other things that make you happy. Yeah. So that's why I started going into drones, and uh, I've been doing editing. I've been, I just edited um, a music video that I created directed on in L.A., and it's about to come out soon. I'm really excited about So I really think it's about, I don't think it's about hustling as much as it is using the talents that you have. hmm just like you, you went from radio to school, you're putting them together, it's utilising your talents to create a job for yourself, Yeah, I mean that's what we do, you know, so yes we have to hustle, yes we have to juggle, but I wouldn't have it any other way, you know, like, I really wouldn't have it any other way.
1: And for aspiring dancers that are looking to have a career where they get to travel and, and, and have these incredible experiences like you've had. What what are some of the attributes that you think that they need to have to make it? Right. And what advice do you have for those kids that are coming through?
0: I think, um, and and I pay attention to this kids because it's really important, I really want you to think about what you're watching on YouTube, what you're watching on Facebook, mm-hmm. what you're watching on Instagram. Because the kids that you see and the dancers that you see that have millions of followers don't necessarily aren't necessarily the ones that you need to be following. Because they're not the ones that are the constructive ones. They're great, and I'm not taking anything from that person at all. They worked hard to get their profiles up. But you can't aspire to be someone who's not doing what you want to do. And sometimes when you look at that person and you go, know, I'm not that person, you take away from yourself. Just because they have six million followers and you have a 100, that doesn't make any sense. make any sense at all. Yeah. So for me you've really got to you've really got to focus on who you are. You can focus on what you want to do. The best way to work in the industry however is to be as fully loaded as possible. And fully loaded means as best at jazz, tap, lyrical, contemporary ballet, musical theater. As possible so that when you get out there and you get you get amongst those ten choreographers that say I need this, you can say I can do that, I need this, I can do that, I need this, I can do that. If you focus on jazz funk only or contemporary only or jazz only or hip-hop only or, or musical theater only, you limit your income and that's what you need to think about, you limit your income as a dancer and you wanna make as much money as you can to train more, to experience life more, to have the sense of freedom to get out what you need to get out. But if you don't train and get as versatile as possible, you're gonna have a very limited career and you're gonna have a very short career, very short. So really focus on who you are, what you want to do, train as much as you can so that when you're when you're out there ready to perform, you're available and any choreographer can say, oh, look at Carrie. I'll use her for this job in musical theater. Oh, but you know what? She's gonna tap. I'll use her for this job for tap. Oh, you know what? I have a movie coming up and she's gonna ballet. I'll use her for ballet. Because choreographers are looking for dancers that are versatile yes. and well-rounded. Yes. I do want to touch on social media. I'm not going to say that social media is not relevant in this age. This is the age of your, this is your year. This is, social media is your generation. I'm not saying that social media isn't, isn't your, isn't necessary, but you gotta know how you use social media, mm-hmm. effectively. That's all I have to say about that.
1: Personal brand is so important. It is, it is. And it's, it's crazy, being, but it is. It is, and being on social media, you have to be careful. Whether you're working now or whether you're working in ten years' time, what is online about you through your social media channels is there forever, exactly. and it's and it's it's making up the DNA of your brand that yeah. somebody is going to hire one day. So. And side note, social media side from
0: note us. social media profiles. <laughs> but this is, and this is the other thing that I was talking about to this other kid. Um, I'm not going to say who it was, and you probably won't know anyway. But um, she posted this, she posted a video of herself, and she's only 14, and it was a very provocative video. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, oh, I'm just dancing, I'm just doing my hip And I said, that, that, that doesn't, that's not, that doesn't look good, it doesn't. It's not going to read well and she goes, I know, but I can just delete it and I said, here's the thing about deleting, somebody has it. You can never, don't think just because it's deleted that it's not still there. It's, kids, it's still there yeah. and if somebody wants to find it, they will find it. You have to be careful what you're putting on social media. Absolutely.
1: And it,
0: it's, it's just, you can't, can't take the risk. And. You know, I will put on, and I and, and I will say this, I think the more honest you are on social media, the better it is. Somebody, um, I fly business class a lot, I fly economy a lot, but I'm not going to only post the business class pictures. Some people only post business class pictures because it's the look they have. I just posted a video of me sitting in economy with no window, and it freaked me out. But I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I'm in economy with no window, what's going on? But, you know... The more honest honest you are on social media, the more honest followers you have, and the better people that you're going to want
1: following you in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And on that note, where can people find you on social media to follow you? At Adam Parson.
0: And I am also uh, www.adamparson.com. And then Facebook is also Adam Parson. Fabulous,
1: yeah. Adam Parson. Thank you so much for joining us on Ask a Dancer. Oh, thank, you. thank you. Of course, we are broadcasting live from the Victorian Dance Festival. You may hear the festival going on in the background. Apologies for any extra noise that <laughs> you get. If you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, we would really love it. Or if you could leave us a rating and review, even better. That I'm just do oh, it. Oh, fabulous! That just helps us share the love um, of Ask a Dancer all around the world. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back soon with more interviews live from the Victorian Dance Festival on Ask a Dancer. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to Ask a Dancer with Stacey Morgan.
1: Get in touch with us at wpmpa.co or at
0: dance Q and A on Twitter.